for we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melts the clouds of sin and sadness. Thank you for joining us for this program from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our program with others. Now, we take you to the service of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Well, good morning. So good to see you here. I'm glad that you are with us today if you're visiting, and I know we have a handful of visitors today. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for uh, taking the time to worship with us this morning and making this a priority in your day. And I hope that worshiping God is always a priority of your life. Um, and I hope that if there's any way we can help you in that, that you will allow us to open your Bibles to John chapter 8. John chapter 8 is where we're going to uh, get into as we have this lesson and one more lesson uh, in this I Am series, uh, talking about Jesus in his own words, Jesus defining who he is and what he is and taking those things and kind of figuring out how do these statements from Jesus apply to us? How do we take them from Jesus says, I am this, to how does that affect my life, change my life, and push my life in a certain direction? And, and today we look at a phrase that Jesus uses that we've heard many times uh, that uh, we're familiar with of I am the light. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. But we get in and we, and we ask this question first and foremost, what does light do for us? What does light do for us? What is the most inconvenient thing to go out at home? Is it the water? Water goes out at home. Is that inconvenient? It's inconvenient, but is it more inconvenient than when your power goes out? And your power, does your power ever go out at a convenient time? Never goes out at a convenient time, right? Like uh, you're always trying to get ready for something. You've got something to do. You're trying to cook something. Power goes out, just throws everything, <coughs> everything for a loop. Uh, especially at night, right? Especially at night. Uh, how, how many of you know your house like the back of your hand? You feel like, I know my house like the back of my hand until it's what? Dark. Until it's dark. And then you, you'll hit anything and everything that you, that you walk around uh, in the house and, and into. It's just when we can't see, our life is difficult, right? When we can't see, our life is difficult. Light does a very important thing for us. Light does a very important thing for us. It tells us the truth about the reality that surrounds me. Let that sink in for just a second. Light tells me the truth about the reality that surrounds me. Now, if it was pitch dark in this room, if it was pitch dark in this room, would anything change in this room? I mean, the things that are in it would still be there, right? The people would still be there. You would hear things. Uh, how many of you, when it's completely dark, you hear things that maybe aren't really there? Like, you, and you wonder about things that aren't really there. And, and the, the reality, you create your, your, your kind of your own reality in your mind. But when you turn the lights on, that reality becomes, for lack of better words, real. It sheds light on the things that are around you so you know what to do with them. You know how to handle them. You know how they're going to affect you. Now, does light, if you take that to the spiritual level, Jesus as our light does the very same thing. In the passage that Will read for us just a few moments ago, at the end of that John chapter 3, verse 16 through 21, John 3, 16 is the verse that we all memorize, right? It's the verse that we all memorize. But maybe 
maybe uh, even more so, maybe not important, but maybe more enlightening is the back end of that passage where he talks about people don't like light in their lives because I want to do things, my own personal desires a lot of times lead me in a way away, lead me away from Christ, okay? Lead me away from Jesus. And I want to live that life in darkness. But he says Jesus came to shed light, to show light on all of those things, to show the reality of the things that surround me. So as we open our Bibles to uh, John chapter 8, the people, uh, the, the religious elite, if you will, they're, they're really kind of struggling with Jesus. They don't quite know what to do with Jesus yet. They don't really know what he's there to accomplish. They don't know what his purpose is. But what they do know is that he's causing them some problems. He's causing or at least in their minds, some problems. And the problems stem from, he's kind of upsetting the apple cart. He's, he's upsetting the normal way that things are being done. He's, he's telling these, these people who are not um, good enough, for lack of better words, that they are good enough, that they can be part of the kingdom, that they can be some of God's favorite. But to them, they're the righteous people, okay? The Pharisees and the teachers of the laws, they're the ones that are the most important to God. And so they have someone coming in undermining what, They've always kind of had going on, and they're not really sure what to do with Jesus. And so if you kind of look back in your Bible and you see that, you know, chapter 7, there's kind of this conversation of, of who is Jesus, what's he trying to accomplish in verse 37. He says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, uh, streams of living water will flow from them. So he's, he's kind of equating himself to God there, and, and they're struggling with that. Then in chapter 8, at the beginning of chapter 8, there's this incident that really, really throws things for a loop because he has this woman, they catch this woman in adultery, and the law says, the, the law of Moses says that they have to what? They have to stone her. And Jesus says, now wait a second, time out. If you've never done anything wrong, you go ahead. What's his point? His point is if you've never broken the law, and have, you know, and, and you've, he's saying you've probably broken the law and not been punished for it, okay? There's been grace shown to you. Well, if you've been shown grace, then show grace here. Walk away and be done. And so they walk away. And then she, then he does something. He forgives this woman. He forgives this woman. Now to us, that's no big deal because we believe that he is who? Jesus. We believe that he is God. We understand that God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they have the ability, they have the place in, in all of this to be the ones that forgive. But for those that were maybe still standing around, they really struggled with that because in their minds, Jesus is not God. And he definitely doesn't have the ability to forgive anyone. It is not his place. So they really get upset about this. And the rest of the chapter kind of deals with that. But if we look at the very next words that Jesus kind of says, it kind of tells us what we're going to talk about. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, that really dovetails right off of what John 3, 16 through 21 talks about. He's echoing this thought again. And he's saying, I'm the one that brings light into this situation. I'm the one that brings clarity in our life. Jesus brings light. He brings true reality to the things that are going on around us. Without Jesus, we live in darkness. Without Jesus, we don't really know what to do with certain things. And in certain ways, 
in certain situations. And so what I want to talk to you about for a few moments is really what does the light of Jesus do for us? What does the light of Jesus do for us? Because I believe maybe the natural thing, and, and there, there is a part of this that I believe that you can touch on and that you can be real with and, and that you can talk about, is that if Jesus is the light, then we need to follow what? The light, okay? I believe that that application is there. But I believe in the words of Jesus, maybe there's more to it than that, that Jesus being the light is not just about us looking at him and following him, although that's part of it, but what effect does that have in our life? Well, I want to talk about it in four different ways, and they're all written up here, so we're not going to put them up one at a time, but just so that you can write them down and keep up. I want you to think about yourself for a minute, and maybe your own desires, your own, the things that you want out of life, Okay, and so when you think about those things, you think about yourself and your desires and your want and your will and your ways, when we live that life of self in darkness, what we're going to focus on is pleasure. Okay, what we're going to focus on is pleasure. We're going to focus on making my life the absolute best it can be for me. Okay, that is the world of darkness. That is the world without Jesus, is the focus is me. The focus is what do I want? What do I need? What, how much money can, can I make? What can I buy? That's going to lead into the next idea. But it's all about me. It's about my relationships are going to be about me. My things are going to be about me. My house is going to be about me. Even going to church is going to be about me because I can be here and not living in the light of Jesus. It's about me. It's about it makes me look good. I want everybody to know in town, hey, I go to church, and that's where I am, and I give, and I serve, and, and, and I do this. Now, it's all about me. But when Jesus is our light, when Jesus is that light that we live in, that light that we're following, myself becomes about what? It comes about worship to him. Look what Paul says. In Ephesians, he says, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. But why? Why did God choose us? Why does God want us? Well, what is our purpose once we're in God? He says, To praise or to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. The key word here is to the praise of His glorious grace, or the key phrase there. When I'm living in the light, and when God shines his light into my life, what I realize is those, those things that are personal, those things that are about pleasure, really don't serve a greater good. They don't serve the kingdom. It's not saying that they're bad things, but if I use them in a bad way, they don't serve God. And so what Paul comes in and says, when you're living with the light of the Lord in your life, you realize that the purpose of your life is now about God. You realize the purpose of your life is to worship God, that the things that you do always need to bring glory to God. The fact that you may have something, use it to the glory of God. The fact that you may have relationships, use those relationships to the glory of God. Don't focus on you, focus on God. The next thing here that maybe is really personal is our stuff. How many of you like your stuff? Raise your hand. Just be real. How many of you like, if you didn't like your stuff, you wouldn't have it. Those of you that aren't raising your hands, we need to talk about lying this morning. You like your stuff, right? You, you like your stuff so much, you go buy more stuff. 
Some of you like stuff so much, you have to buy new houses to put your stuff in because you've got so much stuff, right? I know we love our stuff because we have more stuff than we do yard sales. The people who have yard sales, they don't love their stuff like some of us do. Stuff is about greed. Stuff can be just about greed. When my stuff defines me, when I, when I have to have that stuff to feel like I have worth, when I have to have that stuff to feel like I'm important, then that stuff is about greed. It's not about Jesus. It's not about God. We can say it is, but it's not. Instead, stuff needs to be about what? What's the next word? Generosity. Look what Paul writes. You will be enriched in every way. You will be enriched in every way. Now, isn't that a great promise of God? I want you to look at that promise. You will be enriched in every way. How many of you love that promise right there? Raise your hand. Now, some people turn that into what we call the prosperity gospel, right? You'll be enriched in every way. Come to Jesus and God's going to take care of everything and everything's going to be great and everything's going to be wonderful. Your life's going to be perfect. But that's not what he says, is it? What is the next phrase here? You will be enriched in every way for what purpose? So that you can be generous sometimes. Is that what it says? What does it say? So that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The stuff that we have, the money that we make, the things that we use to make our life more convenient and better and, and, and easier to live, all of that is given to us by who, first and foremost? Who's it given to us by? Say it loudly. I want to hear you. Who's it given to us by? God. And he's blessed us with those things. Why does he give us those things? So that we can be generous on every occasion. When the opportunity comes up for us to give, to share those things. And we're not just talking monetarily, okay? We're talking about an any, God gives you the gift of cook then you cook for others. God gives you the gift of words and you write to others. God gives you whatever gift he's given you. You figure out a way when the light shines in your life to use that to be generous to other people. You make it about God. How about our relationships? How about other people? Other people, I can make my relationships. These relationships are only going to benefit me. There was this uh, guy that we grew up with and um, he was an interesting guy. He, he was always doing things for the community and always getting things going. Um, but if you ever asked him for a favor, you ever asked him for a favor, he would always follow it up with, I will, but when I need you, are you going to do the same thing for me? His idea of a relationship was, I'll do something for you, but down the road, I'm going to make sure that what I've done for you is going to what? Benefit me to a greater and it got to the point you didn't even want to ask him to do anything. Why? Because you didn't want to have to do something, you know, do deal with him later down the road. Okay, so I, it can be all about me. Selfish ambition and vain conceits, what Paul calls it. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, and that's a lot of times what we do. We do things. We have these relationships, and we're in these relationships because they benefit me. And he goes on, takes it to the next step, and he says, consider others better than yourself. Boy, and that's hard to live. It's so hard to live. But look at these words from John. It says, no one has ever seen God. 
But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love has made us complete in him. What are our relationships about? Love who? One another. Love other people. The point of our relationships with anybody and everybody, if we're walking in the light, if we're living in the light of Jesus, the point of those relationships is to show the love of God. Simple. That if I'm in a relationship with you, my job is to show you love. And not just love on my level, not just love the way Matthew wants to show love, but love in the way that God shows love. Now, am I always going to be perfect in that? Are we always going to perfectly show the love of God? No, we're not going to. And that's where forgiveness and grace comes in. And we need to have, if we're loving properly, we're also going to give grace and forgiveness and mercy properly, okay? And so when we live this life in light, our relationships become about love. Now, maybe one of the hardest ones are our hardships. Is our life always going to be easy? No. Is our life always going to be perfect? No. And when we're not living with God, when we're not living with the light in our life, it's easy to become bitter. It's easy. Why why would God let this happen to me? Why is God allowing this into my life? Why is God doing this to me? Why is this happening? God, why? God, why? God, why? There's there's a time in in David's life, and uh, it's not necessarily a... A passage we look at a whole lot because it's right before the 23rd Psalm where it's all about God being my shepherd. But in Psalm chapter 22, David and, and, and Jesus repeats these words on the cross. He goes, God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me? By day I cry out and by night you are silent. He's questioning God. He's going through a difficult time. He's being a little bit bitter. And he's going, God, what's the deal? Why is this happening? And you can see as that chapter moves on, it's almost like David begins to write the chapter in one frame of mind, and then he comes back later and finishes his writing, his poem, and he's in a different frame of mind because it's all back to how great God is and how everybody's going to know how awesome God is. Listen, it's so easy if we're not careful to become bitter about difficult times in our, in our, in our, in our lives. But living in a I am the light relationship, we understand that hardships are about refinement. Look at what James says. One of the biggest oxymorons in, in, in Scripture. One of the things that doesn't make any sense, but it's the word of the Holy Spirit. Consider it pure. Say it. Consider it pure. Say it one more time. Consider it pure, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face, again, whenever you face of many kinds, Because you know that the testing of your faith, say it with me, produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So James comes in through the power of the Holy Spirit and he says, look, when you face hardships, when you have difficult moments, when you're walking in the light and you're focused as Jesus Jesus being part of the light in your life, then understand that those hardships serve a purpose. Don't get bitter. But remember that God may be trying to get you to understand something. You may have prayed for patience, and now you're having to go through a moment for that patience to grow. You may be praying for peace, but to get to peace, you've got to work out this hard, difficult thing in your life because peace isn't the absence of conflict. 
I can't just get rid of the conflict. Sometimes I have to work through the conflict to get to peace. But understand that I look at those moments and I go, you know what? I may be going through a hard time, but God's light is shining the reality into this situation and I realize that instead of bitterness, I need to understand that God's working on me. God's still in control. God has this. God's taking care of it for me and everything's going to be okay because God's light is shining in my life. All right, we're going to pause right there. And we're going to come back tonight and talk about this. Follow the light of Jesus. How does this all work together? This is what the light does for us. Now, how do we plug into this in our life? So just go to the last slide on the presentation. Let's close with a word of prayer, and then we'll offer the invitation. God, we thank you so much for the chance to be here today. We thank you for the hope that we have in you. We thank you for the promises that you have made us, the promises to enrich our lives, God. But we pray that we live in those promises in a way that are always shining a light back on you. We pray that we always walk in your light, that we look at you and focus on you, God, and allow you to be um, the reality that we follow. God, just bless us today as we have heard your word. Help it to bring us closer to you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Thank you again for joining us, and please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or our podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider. Also, leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Mortals join the mighty chorus Which and Twitter. the morning stars began For the love Be sure to join us again And until then, remember to love like Jesus man to man.